Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. So it is, uh, this is July 8th, 19th. Wow, this month has flown by. July 19th, 2022, and this is Q&A 101. That's right, and at 104, I'll be doing this for two years now with my virtual coaching group on Facebook. Um, so anyways, um, before I get started, I wanted to uh, let everybody know that uh, the new topic today, we finished the horsemanship challenge. We're going to talk about good horses versus great horses and what it takes to develop a great horse and maybe why it happens and all of that. Um, but before we get started, um, I want to mention uh, to the members in the group to let me know if you have a personal best for July. There's already 10 names on the list, which is awesome. Exciting for y'all. Um, just about two weeks into the month and we've already had 10 personal bests. So that's awesome. I also want to let you know that um, I want to thank everyone who's sent up prayers for my horse sister. She started having some sore front feet and I didn't know what happened. So the vet, uh, we're talking about, you know, her age and possible changes in metabolism and all that because her diet's always been very simple, no feed, just one alfalfa, one orchard and grass turn out. So we've tweaked a few things and doing blood work and all of that and special shoes and care. And so anyways, thank you everyone for all her, the prayers for her and I'm uh, hopeful that she gets better. Um, I also want to let everyone know that I added a new service to TLC um, Barrels to my services. You already know I do private and group lessons. I do all-day clinics in the cool months, October to about June, but not July, August, or September. And then, um, of course, I have the virtual coaching group in 23 states so far. But the next thing I'm going to do for my clients that are far away um, two hours, three hours, or even out of state. Um, I'm going to offer real-time video lessons and we'll do it right through Facebook Messenger. Um, yeah, I'll call you and we do a video chat. You can throw your phone up on a little, uh, I made a redneck tripod for mine, a block of wood with four nails in it, and you just set your phone in it. And, um, and you can have your uh, AirPods or Bluetooth in your ear as you ride and you'll be able to hear me. Or you can come to the phone and I'll ask you to do things right in front of me as far as rider cues and maybe horse foundation stuff, uh, circles, face flexing, things like that. Then I'll give you a drill to go do and then you'll come back and we'll talk about it. Um, so either way would work. Um, and, and so I already did one yesterday. I think it went really well and was fun to be able to help somebody that was a good four hours away from me. So that was awesome. Um, and I want to also remind the members, um, there is a new coaching app that I'm using now, Coach Now, because Coach Coach's Eye retires in September. So I'm slowly switching over. I think I have about 50 members switched over. I still have another 50-some to go um, to the new app. So I'll be asking for your email. And this is just to set you up your own space. Nothing else changes. You still send me your videos the same way. I can still share them in the group for others to learn, or you tell me private and I only send them to you, Facebook Messenger or email. That's still all the same. Um, the only difference is if you want to, uh, I'll send you an invite once I set you up. I have to set you up with an email so you can have your own space. And what that's going to do for me as your coach 
and having you there as the athlete, equestrian athlete, I'll be able to have all your videos in one place so I can look back and say, oh, last time she was at the Lucky E Arena, she ran a 16.8 and this time she ran a 16.0 and I can kind of look at the two and see, you know, where the changes are and things like that. You'll also be able to get an invitation and an email and you'll be able to go in there and look at your videos and say, okay, last time I was here, I needed to do this. So I'll be sure to do that this time. You know, so if you're writing in your journal, like in the beginning of the year, um, I told everybody to have a journal. And in that journal, to set you up a, a, a weekly or daily schedule. So you would stay on task for getting yourself in shape and your horse in shape. So that you'll be mentally and physically prepared on the weekend for competition by spending time with your horse weekly. And all that, I also told you to have a pre-race routine. That pre-race routine is super important so that you don't let yourself get rattled and you just have a system of the way that you do things to stay calm and focused and confident. Um, so anyways, the uh, these real-time videos um, and also the Coach Now app, these are all extra tools to allow you to uh, be able to meet those goals and uh, to help you uh, get to that next level. It's usually the small fine-tuning stuff of where you're looking, where you're riding, how your horse is responding to you, um, all of those little details in time and in position that are going to make those uh, changes for that last half second you're trying to shave off, that type of thing. So, um, so anyways, I just wanted you to know that just a reminder of why I'm doing that. Um, so a lot of you've already customized your own space and put a photo of yourself in there. I love seeing your photos when I go in there to do your videos. I get to see your face or your horse and that's awesome. And then some haven't, which is totally okay too. And again, you don't ever have to go into the coach app only if you want to the coach now app. Um, it's just neater than the old app I had to put, I had like 3,100 videos all in one place. So it was really hard to search for things and find things where this way I can have everything under Angela, everything under Caitlin, you know, and she can have her own space and no one else can see it, just her and I, or, or we can invite other family members in there as a fan as well just by adding their email, but unless they have email access, they can't get in there to your space. So anyhow, I uh, just wanted to let you know about that. And then um, again, I've had, my goodness, 30 videos come in so far from the weekend. And I have about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten videos to do still. So um, today is Tuesday. So I'll be working on those other 10 videos today. So um, again, I'm averaging 30 videos coming in on the weekend. So please bear with me. Um, the uh, During the week, if your videos come in like Wednesday, Thursday, I'm generally slower during those days. But um, all the videos start coming in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm also giving lessons and working. Um, so I try to do a few every single day to stay on top of it. So basically Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I am doing, spending half a day outside working and a half a day inside working um, on video. So just be patient. If you don't have your video back by Wednesday, um, you know, then you might want to ask me by Thursday, hey, did you not see my video? Um, and every once in a while that will happen. I keep a list and write it down as messages come in. And then I put a check mark when you're done next to your name. But I, I am human. 
and I am going five different directions at times with farriers and vets right now, especially with my horse. Um, so if I miss you, please let me know. Um, I do have a few questions that I'd like to answer <clears throat> before I go into the topic for this week. So let me take a little sip of water here and then we'll get started. The um, first question is, um, in my practice, I feel like it's perfect, but I feel like I cannot ride my horse in competition. So um, that to me sounds like a couple of things can be going on. Um, it can be a uh, mental game where you put yourself in a too much pressure or you or your horse get more adrenaline and um, and you just kind of blank out or make mistakes. The other thing could also be education with speed. You're perfect at a high lope, but then at a slow run, things fall apart. Or you're perfect at a slow run, but at a high run, things fall apart. So, um, so I would like to say that you have to work on the skill of your mental game first. And that's why you'll hear me saying you need to practice breathing and exhaling um, and getting yourself relaxed and treat your competition as though it's a practice. You know, literally have the mindset that I'm going to treat this just like that practice I made this week, just like I'm at home or at my practice arena. And, um, you know, and then also uh, I would also suggest that you learn the skill of visualizing because even though physically doing the barrel pattern is a skill visualizing a mental game is equally a skill. So it is important that you learn how to see yourself riding to your spots, see yourself being in the moment, communicating well with your horse. Um, you know, those are all very important things that need to happen. So, um, you know, find yourself going to bed at night, visualizing a smooth run, or when you wake up in the morning, those quiet moments in the morning where maybe you say your prayers and give thanks for things good in your life. That's also a time to look and, and, and visualize your run on your horse, you know, your hands even, your shoulders and hips even, riding to your arc, your spots one, two, and three, you know, really focusing on uh, when you go to the horn and where you're looking and using your legs and sitting up and sitting down, just see a perfectly smooth run, maybe talking to your horse, whoa, here, you know, that kind of stuff. Be very detailed so that it becomes not only a part of your mental game, um, being calm and confident, but also part of your muscle memory in your mind and in your body. So I hope that answers that question for you. Um, the next one is a comment um, in person, virtual. Okay, you need to tell me your concern. Okay, so whenever, um, whenever you send me a video or I work with you, um, please make sure that you tell me there's a, this is a, this in-person versus uh, virtual coaching. You know, I've been coaching for 30 years, um, but I've only been virtually coaching for about two years solid with people I've never met, right? It's one thing to virtually coach someone that I had come for a lesson or a clinic. It's another thing to virtually coach someone I've never met in person. So what I'm finding over the last two years is the details are a little bit harder 
um, than when I meet someone. Even if I do that live lesson, I still get just a little bit more pieces to the puzzle. So when you do send me a video, be sure to tell me if you had a concern, like when you warmed up or if you had an issue in the alley with nerves or not wanting to come in, um, what you feel in the pattern. Does your horse feel strong? Um, you know, do they feel like they're anticipating the barrels? Do they feel sticky or stiff? Um, so train, so train, um, for those reasons, a lot of times I find people that feel like horses feel strong are not tuning them up right during the week. Like they're not working on rate and picking up their shoulder and moving them away from the barrels and, um, you know, riding their hindquarters slow and collected rather they're letting them, um, charge in and, and they're looking in at the barrel and, and, you know, letting them cut them off. Maybe they need to have a mix of straighter, longer, and um, and in and out, and doing some rate work. Um, maybe more transitions off their body, things like that. Riders that are having anticipation issues, they might be looking down their neck when they're practicing, and I don't see those videos. Um, so it's good to see training videos as well. They might be looking at the barrel or sitting when they sit down two strides from the barrel. They look in, lift their hands up. Um, or drop their hands. You know, if your horse is stick, stick, I'm trying to say sticky and stiff, um, they might need to do more perfect circles during the week with more flex and fluidity. So, so it does help me to get training videos from you. It also helps me to get feedback from you. So give me the name of the arena, the fast time, your time, what you felt was going on during your run or before your run and um, or if you even made a bit change the other day um, a member in the group ran second in the 1d and I said did you change your bid she said yes I did a smooth mouthpiece so the horse just looked happier to me it just looked like everything now mind you she was using her body better and her hands were lighter but something else just struck me that was changed and sure enough I asked if she changed her bid and she did so these are things that I'm always trying to guess what I'm seeing. Um, so I might ask you questions as well, but the more information you can give me, the more I can help you. Um, let's see here. The next thing, uh, on video, I'm not really sure. Um, Oh, oh yeah. The next thing I wanted to say to you guys is I did make a new folder because the group has gotten so big and I also have my clinics and I have my private lessons. Um, I, I have always kept a manila folder with details on every one of my private lessons and, uh, clinic, uh, writers, but now with virtual coaching, I always filled out something for you guys, but it was very small details. Um, but, but now I've organized it where it used to have it by just when you signed up by date, but then I couldn't find your details without looking and looking and looking. So now I have a nice three ring binder and everybody's alpha alphabetized in there by your first name. So when you send me a video, I can go right to your paperwork and I have all your details as I do your video right in front of me. So I, I just feel like it's going to make me a better coach. And like I said, I've been coaching for 30 years, but virtually full time, only two years. Um, so I'm always looking at ways to improve myself, just as you're looking to improve yourself as a horse person and as a barrel racer, as a competitor, I'm always looking to better myself as a coach and communicator. So, so anyways, I just wanted to share those things with you. The next question was about saddle fit and, um, 
and the shoulders. She sent me some pictures of her horse's shoulders at one side. And I said, well, send me a picture on the other side and then also get on a mounting block behind your horse's tail, as long as they're not scared, and take pictures from above them as well. And the reason why is she was thinking his shoulder didn't look normal and was afraid that the saddle was maybe causing issues. So definitely with saddle fit, I can share a little bit. I mean, obviously, if you can have a professional help you, that would be awesome. But yes, taking pictures from above your horse and looking at both sides and seeing if they match or not can tell you whether or not your horse might have some atrophy going on in their muscles or maybe an old injury or calcification. Something might be going on. Maybe they need chiropractor or body work. Um, maybe they've got tighter muscles on one side than the other. You can feel that with your hands. Just putting your hands on your horses, you can feel things. So, but definitely do the pictures from both sides, look at both sides and then from above and see if you can actually see if your horse is overdeveloped or underdeveloped on one side. And then the next thing would be to throw your saddle on without a saddle pad and stand to the side of your horse as your horse is on level ground and see if the saddle fits level. If it's pointing up, it might be too narrow. If it's pointing down, it might be too wide. And then of course, looking at the horse's back, if they've got you know, hollow areas or their spine sticks out, you may need a special saddle pad to put shims on it. I've duct taped a shim would be a, another piece of material like a wool or felt material that you would tape into certain places on a saddle pad. You can duct tape them in order to fill in maybe areas of your horse's back that need to be developed. Um, I've been very blessed with all my horses having beautiful round backs and they don't need shims. <clears throat> but I've had many client horses come in over the years with their spines out or hollowness by the wither. And you cannot throw a saddle on that, guys, because the saddle is never going to fit properly. Um, if you have a horse like that, you may need a special saddle pad shimmed up and you may need body work. Um, you can develop a horse's back by doing uh, collection work, you know, where they're breaking in the pole and um, rounding their back and and getting their hindquarters under them. You can do that lunging, bit them up a few minutes. Um, you can do it in the saddle. Um, you can do belly lifts. You can do neck stretches, leg stretches. There's a lot of things you can do to develop a horse's back. But for saddle fit, definitely fit your horse first. Um, you know, I've always, I've ridden the last 20 some years in the original Bob Marshall. Before that, I had Circle Y Bob Marshalls. Um, that they were stiffer, um, but I really love my original Bob Marshalls. They fit most everything. I had a Tammy Key, beautiful saddle, but it didn't fit. Even it was a wide tree, but it didn't fit um, uh, Bell. It fit Bell, but it didn't fit Sister and Briscoe. So you know, every you know, you really have to. Uh, and those are treeless. So the reason I got out of treed was as a trainer, I was having a hard time having treed saddles that fit all the different backs that were coming into my barn. So I would highly recommend that you, um, look into that as well. So I hope that helps. Um, another question was about fitness. This horse had sat in the pasture for a couple of years. The owner had health issues and the other, uh, now the other person's considering buying them. The horse was supposed to be getting legged up at a trainer's, but they're wondering if it did or did not. Um, because of the fitness and they're also concerned possible 
ulcers or bleeders and things like that. Well, after a long break, you need to give a horse at least 90 days riding them three to four days a week to get them fit. If they've been sitting for a year, 90 days. That's why, you know, most people don't want to take more than one or two weeks off for their horses because just think if you've ever had the flu or a cold and you're down for a week and how it takes you one week or two weeks to start getting your stamina and strength back. So even if you take a month off from competition, maybe two weeks, let your horse just be turned out in the pasture, but then spend two more weeks getting them back to their fitness before you compete on them again. You don't want to just throw a horse out in the pasture for a week and then run them on Saturday. That's not fair. They could pull a muscle or worse, tear a tendon or ligament, and you could be sidelined for six months. So those are things to definitely be considered. Um, so yes, on this horse you're looking at buying, definitely um, you want to do a pre-purchase exam, make sure the horse, uh, the only way you'll know if they're a bleeder is to have them scoped after a run. As far as ulcers, they can scope for them, but they won't see the hind gut. So a lot of vets will just treat them for that. I use natural products from Dynamite like Miracle Clay, especially right now if I'm having to give my horse butte for pain. And giving that to her as a preventative with her butte, um, things like that. So, you know, at times we have to use RX to help our horses, but we can also do some other things naturally to support their system. Um, you know, like I give Dynapro a prebiotic because even the ulcer meds can totally jack up their pH, you know, their gut flora and stuff. So you want to always be thinking about that. It's kind of like when you take antibiotics and all your good gut flora gets killed with the bad, um, you know, so then you've got to get those, you know, healthy prebiotics back in your body. So a lot of doctors don't know a lot about nutrition. So they'll tell you eat yogurt, but a lot of times the yogurts don't have enough because of the way they're processed. So, you know, I take a doTERRA probiotic that's dual capsuled and, you know, gets through the stomach acid and gets into where it needs to, um, my GI system. So anyways, um, those are all things to think about when you're dealing with that. So I think that's about it on my lessons, I mean, on my questions, but I would certainly do a pre-purchase exam. And if I was spending a lot of money on a horse, I would buy insurance the first year for uh, mortality and major medical. So that way, as you're getting to know them, you don't want to change their diet or their routine. <coughs> Excuse me. They're already moving away from the owner they knew, the horses they knew the environment they knew. <clears throat> so they're going to be under stress. So it's better to be safe than sorry and try to keep everything as close to same as far as diet and their saddle and bit and things that they were happy in. Um, and by all means, get a pre-purchase exam. So if you take a picture of your horse, like I can't see horses' backs when they're in a lesson, but if you take a picture when they don't have a saddle on, I mean, if you don't have a healthy back, that's something you can certainly work with your chiropractor to try to get a healthy back. And a lot of times a horse can get hurt in the pasture just playing with um, other horses or if they're low horse on the totem pole, you know, for pecking order, um, the same thing, you know, they can get their body out of whack. And if their body gets out of whack, blood flow doesn't happen as good. The muscles get atrophy. You know, I know that just from dealing with my own hip uh, injury. <clears throat> so the topic for this week, and I'm going to make it short and sweet, is um, because I'm trying to keep the podcast at 30 minutes at a time because I know how busy everybody is. But the topic is good horses versus great horses. Um, 
you know, we hear it all the time um, that you can make a good horse, a great horse by putting more time into them. It can also happen when it's just the right combination of a rider and a horse. I've seen horses that are 3D with some people and then you put a really talented um, jockey on them and they're 1D. You know, some some trainers are great at training. Some trainers are great at competition. Everybody has their forte. You know, I've always loved training. That's always been my favorite thing to do, training and teaching. Mm. And some people aren't good teachers. They're better at being a competitor, at training and, and competing. So everybody has their thing. Um, but to, to I'll be honest with you, I have seen horses, though, in training that would come in that I knew were destined to be a great horse, and it didn't really matter who was on their back. They were just going to be a, a talented Wendy horse. And, you know, I knew with my horses um, right away if they were going to be Wendy or not, you know, and and um, and other ones I wasn't so sure. I was like, well, we're going to have to work for it. And other ones I had to work my butt off to get them to have the best runs of their life. So there are a lot of good horses out there, those rare great horses. They say that a great horse makes a great trainer because if you're not willing to a lot of those people that are in it for that level, that they're one D or bust or, you know, the glory and the fame of winning the top titles at Futurity or Pro Rodeo, that kind of stuff, you won't see them on the same horse unless they just happen to get lucky and, and found a bozo or a scamper or something like that came into their life. Generally, they've gone through many, many horses to find that one great horse. So there are a lot of good horses out there, but like I said, if you know you're more like me and you're not going to sell your horse because they gave you a C grade instead of an A grade, you know, and you, they're your kids, you love them for life, that doesn't matter to you. You're really happy whether you ran in the 1D or the 3D um, because you love your horse and you just enjoy the barrel racing. But again, everyone's different. So I do want you, though, to understand that some teams are just made in heaven. Some horses and riders just click. And others have to work their butts off for it. Um, and then some horses are just so amazing. I don't know that it would matter what person rode it. They would just be amazing. It was just like that was it. they were born to do. And then some riders are just so talented. They can get on anything and make them all look better than, you know, um, than the other people that are riding them. So, so just realize that. Um, you should just focus on you and, and your goals and not worry about, um, you know, what anyone else can do or does. I used to always, you know, think that way in clinics when I, I used to ride every horse in my clinics, but, and people say, oh, you make them look so good, but what good is it if I can do it? You're the one who has to do it. So I don't miss riding the horses in the clinics. I like better now that I'm able to, um, spend more time teaching you how to ride your horse rather than having me do it. Um, you know, it's one thing if I can get on and make them cruise through the pattern pretty. It's another thing if I can get you to do it because ultimately you're the one who's going to be competing on them. But, um, you know, and I've seen that with people who are running 3D on their horses and they'll say, well, I want so-and-so 1D jockey to run my horse. And sure enough, they make a 1D time. So it makes them excited that their horse is capable, but then it kind of makes them feel bad about themselves that they're not that level yet. But you know what? 
that's okay. This is not something you learn. This is not a discipline or a horsemanship thing that you learn in a year. It takes many, many years, decades to be good at this. And yes, some people are natural. Some people just have that competitiveness. Some people just have that feel and that timing. And other people have to work at it. And that's okay because talent with no try won't get you anywhere. But a lot of try with a little bit of talent you can develop that that talent and you will because you have so much heart and so much try. Same with a horse. If you want a horse to win for you, you've got to keep their try and their heart in them. So you don't want to overrun them. You don't want to run them in pain because then they'll start to dread their job, right? So these are all things I'm just planting seeds in your mind um, to not be too hard on yourself and to realize that um, you will succeed if you work hard. So I'm going to go ahead and close with uh, saying that um, you really do need to develop uh, a, a routine, a routine of being thankful, of grateful, uh, of a mental toughness that comes from confidence. Where does confidence come from? Confidence comes from skill, mental skill and physical skill. And that comes from practicing and being prepared. Um, and from being able to trust your horse because of your weekly schedule, because of your pre-race routine, and because you've learned to only worry about things you can control and not what you can't control. So I really want you all to just focus on the good of what you are able to do, focus on your goals, and always be moving forward and not backwards. Um, in the group this week, I shared some things um, some drills. I also shared uh, some stories about, you know, people that were able to uh, shake off. Uh, I did a video review of the Cheyenne uh, Cassie uh, Maury winning Cheyenne arena record, um, shaking off, hitting a barrel prior to that and going in there and having an arena record. So if that doesn't tell you how important it is to let go of yesterday and focus on today um, I don't know what else there is. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Um, be thankful, be grateful, be prepared. And that is how you get by practicing, get to the goals that you want to meet. So anyways, thank you for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless.